WHMP. And good afternoon. Thank you for joining us on this Summary Tuesday. Um, we are going to begin. We have a, a wonderful array of um, incredible attorneys um, that we're going to be talking to uh, for the first half hour today about some really important stuff. Um, we're going to be talking with attorney Luke Ryan forthwith. We're going to be talking with attorney Jen Deringer, who is the managing attorney for the Community Legal Aid Office here in Northampton that serves a much larger uh, geographical area. We're going to be talking with uh, Elisa Golden, an attorney who deals with uh, uh, criminal records and reentry issues for people who are trying to reenter society. And attorney John Staberski, whom I've known since, I think, World War I. And... <laughs> <laughs> So hi to all of you. What I want to do is I want to start, just sort of lay out um, the, the uh, sort of scenario um, by talking with Luke Ryan, the extraordinary attorney who has um, impacted so many lives through his work. Hello, Luke. Hi, Buzz. So um, you've been on the show before, and uh, you your story has been widely told in terms of your undertaking um, uh, regarding 31,000 wrongfully convicted people because of the state uh, lab's wrongdoing. Could you just give us a summary um, of what that issue was and uh, the settlement you reach, recently reached? Sure. So uh, starting in 2003 to about 2010, um, the Commonwealth of Massachusetts employed uh, two chemists, one at the Hinton Drug Laboratory in Boston named Annie Dukan, and another at the Amherst Drug Laboratory in, uh, in, at, on the UMass campus named Sonia Farrick. Uh, their job was to test uh, suspected narcotics that police departments seized in the course of drug investigations, and uh, both in engaged in uh, egregious, long-standing government misconduct that eventually uh, led to the dismissal of tens of thousands of uh, criminal convictions in the cases of, as you said, over uh, approximately 31,000 uh, individuals. Uh, I, along with attorneys at the law firm of Fick and Marks in Boston, brought a class action suit uh, a few years ago after the United States Supreme Court uh, issued a decision in a case called Nelson v. Colorado that said when you're convicted of a crime and you are forced to pay money as a result of that conviction and the conviction is vacated and you're not going to be re-prosecuted, the state has to give you back your money. So uh, we filed a class action on behalf of this uh, group of um, exonerated drug defendants. Uh, the class was certified. We were appointed class counsel. And then on uh, June 1st, uh, we submitted a, uh, a proposed settlement agreement for the court's consideration. Uh, the hope is that the court will give its approval and somewhere in the neighborhood of about $14 million will we'll go back to this uh, group of folks who have uh, uh, endured this injustice. Incredible story. Um, in incredible corruption um, and some of the finest lawyering I know of, Luke Ryan. Um, so many people were helped as a result of your extraordinary efforts. So can you, can you tell us what some of these costs were that these people have incurred and hopefully will be reimbursed for? 
Sure. So starting in the 80s, there was this push nationwide that also took place here in the Commonwealth of uh, shifting the the cost of running a criminal legal system to uh, the so-called offenders. Uh, So uh, some of the Commonwealth's poorest people have had to pay uh, an arm and a leg for the privilege of being prosecuted. There are victim witness fees that get assessed on a mandatory basis in every case. There are probation supervision fees. There are court costs. There are fines and surfines. There are GPS monitoring fees, uh, probation and parole supervision fees. There are DNA collection fees. And there are when you, up until a few years ago, when you were convicted of a drug crime, you automatically lost your driver's license and then had to pay $500 to have it reinstated. So. Uh, the system uh, was set up during this Dukin and Farrick era um, to literally fund the court system through uh, these assessments of costs that were levied on, on these folks. So in some ways, this is kind of chickens coming home to roost uh, when these convictions got vacated um, and the Supreme Court decided uh, Nelson v. Colorado, it became clear that the state was on the hook for uh, returning this money that uh, these folks had to pay. And these monies that these folks had to pay were because of a marijuana conviction and marijuana has since been decriminalized and regulated. So I'm certain, Luke Ryan, that in addition to uh, working out a settlement with you um, for roughly $14 million to reimburse them for these fees, they are also going to expunge their record for having been convicted of something that's no longer illegal, Right. Well, I, I think that's um, that's part of the hope here. I mean, this was a uh, the class action. That's not part of the class action, but I think it's it, it would be doing justice in these cases. I know some of your other guests are going to talk a lot about the uh, impediments uh, to reentry that people have as a result of things on their criminal records or their quarries, and and I think that particularly for for marijuana convictions, now that it's been first decriminalized and now legalized, uh, the fact that these still show up on people's records and, and, and put them in uh, at disadvantages in, in the job market, attempting to get housing and a host of other places, uh, that um, sealing or expungement is, is really, I think, the got to be um, the, the next step in the, in the process to, to making people something resembling whole. Here, here. And before I turn to Alyssa Golden to talk about those issues, I just, I just want to find out, what, is it in fact all 31,000 of the people we're talking about, their convictions have been formally vacated, is that right? That, that's correct. Um, there, it, it, the numbers are, uh, you have people who, some of them had multiple cases. Some of them had cases with Sonia Farrick and uh, Annie Dukin, um, the, the convictions number, uh, these affect over 37,000 dockets. I think the total number of charges is somewhere in the neighborhood of 60,000, but you're talking about uh, close to 31,000 different people who um, have had their cases, the, these drug charges vacated, the convictions vacated, and those charges uh, dismissed with prejudice. Great lawyering. Thank you and congratulations. So I want to turn to you, Attorney Alyssa Golden. You are a community legal aid attorney, correct? Yes, I am, and I'm. I work out of our Northampton office with Jen. Great. Um, so, and um, what do you do for community legal aid? 
Sure. So I uh, represent people in a range of civil um, legal issues that are directly related to criminal records. So I represent folks in sealing and expungement proceedings. I'm sorry, um, Alyssa. Also... Alyssa, what is expungement? So expungement is the um, complete destruction of a record. Um, so the actual uh, paper file, everything is destroyed. Uh, whereas Cori sealing is the process of um, seriously reducing the number of entities or people who would ever have access to those records. Got it. So that's what you do. Well, what kind of impact does having a criminal record have on a person in Massachusetts, especially a, a record that's only about pot? Well, so, you know, generally speaking, um, uh, I mean, the impacts are huge. The The other thing that I was going to say that I spend a lot of um, my time doing is representing people who um, are facing a denial of public or subsidized housing or of a, some sort of mobile voucher, like a Section 8 voucher, because of their criminal record. So it's a huge, huge barrier to accessing housing, um, particularly affordable housing, uh, and it can really impact people's ability to um, get new employment. Uh, while we have banned the box in Massachusetts, um, it doesn't, you know, completely uh, do away with the issues that come up for folks who are seeking new employment um, with a criminal record. And it also has other impacts too. It can impact whether someone is able to, you know, um, uh, volunteer on their children's field trips, right? It can have all of these impacts that um, we wouldn't necessarily think of or that I wouldn't necessarily think of um, until I start working with someone who is facing that exact issue. I hate to stereotype people, but I know that back when I was doing a lot of state law, the people that I represented for marijuana possession and low-level distribution, they would hire me as a private attorney. That means they had money to hire me as a private attorney. Um, I think the people that you're talking about that need housing and the like, those are people that are largely poorer, right? People of color, people from communities that um, aren't as affluent. Is that a fair characterization? Yes. I mean, so as we all know, the criminal court system at every stage disproportionately um, impacts communities of color um, and targets communities of color from, you know, stops to arrests to convictions to sentencing, all, all of that, right? So um, that in turn has a disproportionate impact on um, uh, housing applicants who are people of color. I will say in my work, um, I have never represented somebody who the only thing on their record was a marijuana possession um, conviction that had been vacated that they want to expunge, right? Because we know that the uh, the criminal court system, it has these very broad impacts. So people that I represent um, often have a, a lot of different things on their record that's impacting them differently. Um, but absolutely, um, it's very clear that um, the criminal court system um, targets people of color, targets poor people. Um, and so the issues that come up related to criminal records are, um, uh, they, they reflect that. Okay, so what we have to do is get these records expunged or at least sealed. And um, in helping to do that is my old colleague, I didn't mean old John Staberski of Staberski and Staberski, but maybe old is getting to be okay, right? I think we're both there. We're both there. So, John Staberski, could you tell us a little bit about this new endeavor that you're involved with, um, with some very good people, uh, Michael Cohen, 
Josh Goldman, um, flower power growers. What is it and how does it interface with this story? Uh, so what we are building, and it should be done probably in a month to month and a half, is a hybrid greenhouse facility in Montague at the airport industrial park. And uh, our goal is to try to produce cannabis with a low impact uh, and a, in a sustainable way. And our whole approach to this venture is to do it in a socially responsible manner. So uh, the CCC is part of their, and that's the Cannabis Control Commission, is part of their regulatory scheme, uh, requires licensees to do a positive impact plan. And you and I, Buzz, were in the trenches uh, working in district court, representing numerous people charged with drug crimes in the 80s and 90s. And uh, and I saw how it affected people and and and, and how it had some lasting effect and, and thought that, you know, we could use this opportunity with us having to do something good to try to remedy a, a wrong. Uh, you know, a, a wrong that is based in uh, a discriminatory animus uh, and hostility towards minorities and uh, and kind of envisioned this project where we'd do a, uh, a workshop that's going to be discussed later, but also provide money uh, for legal representation uh, for, for indigent people who uh, the workshop is not enough for them to successfully expunge or seal their their cannabis convictions. And I love flower power growers for focusing on that set of needs. So, what have you done? Uh, what are you going to do? Uh, well, we have made a donation. We created a program. We we first started partner, partnering with the Franklin County Bar Association. I found that community legal services was already involved in a project similar to this in another community. And so uh, we jointly moved together. Uh, we we're working with the opiate task force and other entities to try to kind of uh, bring forward a, 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 you know, a workshop where people are going to learn how to do this themselves for cannabis convictions. It's because it's a, a no longer a crime it's fairly straightforward for a lot of people not everybody um and they can do it themselves but in some instances they can't and that's where our funds from our uh business is going to pay for legal representation here here how admirable we are going to take a break when we come back we're going to continue um, the conversation with John Staberski, with Alyssa Golden, if Luke Ryan is there with Luke. But I want to talk to Jen Derringer and talk about the Department of Public Health grants and what the plan is for the next five years um, to assist in righting the wrong that was uh, inflicted on so many. And by the way, John, I can't believe you used the word jointly, talking about <laughs> marijuana. That's my last word before the break. Stay with us despite <laughs> that joke. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHFT. He said, I saw two men running out who looked like middleweights. Do you know what's happening this Friday at 9 a.m.? Is this week's Shop Friday Corsello Butcheria? Correct. 
correct. Full value gift certificates and you save 30%. Corsello Butcheria, the Italian style butcher shop in East Hampton. The meat is from nearby farms. The inspiration is a small family run butcher shop in Rome. Stop in for a sandwich, for steaks or sausages for dinner tonight. Corsello Butcheria in East Hampton. Get ready to save 30% beginning Friday at 9 a.m. at whmp.com. Pacific Printing in Northampton has been a leader in screen printed and embroidered apparel in the Pioneer Valley for 30 years. With 8,000 square feet of production, Pacific Printing produces thousands of custom garments for businesses, schools, teams, and events. Let the team of Pacific Printing create a professional look for you. Visit us at Damon Road in Northampton or OceanUpPromotion.com. The Paul Parent Garden Club, every Sunday, 6 to 8 a.m. Brought to you by Winesick Nursery, locally owned and operated since 1954. Visit Mike, Amity, John, and the rest of the team at Winesick Nursery, Route 9 in Hadley, and online at winesicknursery.com. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. The only live and local news in the Pioneer Valley and for the Pioneer Valley, WHMP. Are you an educator? Want to be more confident teaching about environmental issues? The Hitchcock Center for the Environment in Amherst offers hundreds of curriculum units, lesson plans, classroom activities, and professional development workshops for K-12 teachers. Come check us out. The Hitchcock Center, 845 West Street in Amherst. For more information, visit hitchcockcenter.org. The cost of living continues to go up. In its latest report on inflation, the U.S. Labor Department pointed to gasoline and food costs as causing the most damage to consumers' pocketbooks. The price of gas rose nearly 50 percent over the last 12 months. Food costs are up nearly 12 percent. Ford is recalling more than 5,000 late model vehicles because their safety certification labels are missing the tire size, rim type, and tire pressure values for both the front and rear axles. Regulators say the missing information could lead to the installation of incorrect tire sizes. A gas station owner in Phoenix has won the gratitude of his customers. Jaswindre Singh has slashed the price of regular gas, reducing it to 50 cents a gallon below what his wholesale costs are. The station sells 1,000 gallons of fuel each day, meaning it's losing hundreds daily. I'm Mark Huffman. Learn more at ConsumerAffairs.com. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we are back talking about, well, basically two prongs to this incredible, extraordinary story of um, bringing justice to where there was nothing but injustice. And um, we were talking to Luke Ryan before. We'll go back to Luke in a minute. But uh, with us, Jen Staberski, the um, Jen Staberski. <laughs> Jen Derringer, John Staberski is also with us, but um, my age is catching up to me today. But Jen, could you tell us a, about um, CLA's involvement, Community Legal Aid's involvement, and what's happening on Thursday? Yeah, so Thursday, um, thanks to the support of Flower Power Growers uh, that John just talked about, the donation they made to us, we are going to have um, an expungement and sealing event. It's going to be this Thursday at 2 o'clock. It's a hybrid event, so folks can appear live at the Greenfield Courthouse. They can just come on by. 
Um, and they can also appear on Zoom. Um, and if folks want to grab the link for the Zoom, uh, no need to register, um, but just go on our website, which is communitylegal.org, and you'll see that under the uh, calendar and events tab. Um, so we're really excited to be doing that work. As John said, not only will Alyssa walk folks through the expungement and sealing process, but she will, their, their donation also uh, makes her available to actually represent people in that process and also to focus on any of the collateral consequences that might have flowed from having that criminal record, as Alyssa talked about, primarily in the housing arena, but also sometimes in the employment arena. Extraordinary that Flower Power Growers is contributing in this fashion to right so many of those wrongs. We're really grateful for the funding. It, it really allows us to expand to the work that we've been doing for a few years now in, in Franklin and North Quabbin. Yeah. Well, um, as a uh, lifetime uh, fan of legal aid. Um, the, I was going to say of, of Franklin County as well. And of I Franklin County. I a fan of both. Absolutely. <laughs> and um, if you had asked me 40 years ago about what role pot played in my life, it was right up there as well. <laughs> Big fan of that as well. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, I just wanted to uh, go back to, to Luke. Um, these people, the, some of the collateral damage that was not just these criminal cases, but the costs um, that they had to pay that you uh, detailed earlier, um, but also this, this record, this criminal record, this branding as a criminal because of possession of marijuana. Um, so what you, your settlement and the state's um, vac vacating of all these convictions did not include sealing these records and, and correcting that wrong. So um, how important is this sealing and expungement effort? I, I think it, it can't be overstated and uh, kudos to community legal aid for having the the wisdom to recognize just how what a barrier uh, these these records have in in people's lives. I mean, they really are. Um, it's a scarlet letter, and it consigns people in many cases to to where they don't have uh, any other options but to pursue lives of crime. Uh, so it it is it is contrary to public safety. It's contrary. To, to just the best of who we can be to have a system that is so punitive after people have have theoretically uh, done their time, paid their dues, it, it becomes a lifelong um, just Im impediment to um, people fulfilling their, their their promise. Yeah, well, I, I don't know how much to say thump, 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 because in fact, uh, it can't be overstated how important this is. John Staberski, you and I are of a different generation of lawyers than, than Luke. I know his grandfather was a presiding judge in Northampton District Court, as was his father, right? And we remember them, right? Oh, very much so. And, and uh, you know, Luke's sensitivity to these issues, uh, I know, comes from uh, a family ethos. Uh, I had one case before Luke's father, Michael Ryan, who 
I fully respect it as a judge, and I think he is one of the best judges of our era. <clears throat> and it was a cultivation of marijuana charge, where there was a man who was scuffling uh, a little bit, living off the grid in a cabin in the woods with no electricity or running water, and he was growing 20 plants to give him a little cash money to, to survive. And I think the police knew about it, and they were dry, kept driving by the site, and he poked his head out of the... Uh, out of the woods where the road was to look and see if they were there. They saw him and he retreated back into the woods and followed him and found his plants, arrested him and charged him with cultivation of cannabis or marijuana. <clears throat> I brought a motion to suppress and a motion to suppress for, 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 for your audience is uh, it was an illegal search and seizure. The, the, the police didn't have probable cause to search a person's home. Um, and, and so therefore, they, therefore the evidence that was garnered as a result of the search should not be admitted in court. Not be admitted in court, and in most, in almost all cases, uh, the cases are dismissed. Um, so Mike wrote a, a jocular uh, uh, opinion where he said, the act of a person poking his head out of the woods like a squirrel can never constitute probable cause to follow him into the woods. And, and it was almost a Thoreau-like uh, Thoreau -like thought that uh, that I've always remembered and respected Mike for. Uh, uh, so, And Luke, ditto, he was, he was a, your father, Luke, was an excellent district attorney and he was an excellent judge and um, we were all grateful to be practicing in front of him. Um, I wanna give you last word, Alyssa, can you tell us one more time what's happening on Thursday and, um, I guess I want to say one other thing. Listeners, if you're not impacted in the way that, that Jen and Alyssa and Luke have described, then um, you may know somebody who has been. So make sure that you spread the word about this event on, on Thursday. It could be a very important thing for a lot of people, including their employment, as Jen says, and, and Alyssa, it could affect people's employment. So um, make sure you spread the word. So finally, Alyssa, tell us about Thursday and you get the last word. Sure. So um, the event is focused on, it's sort of a know your rights style um, presentation that I'm facilitating. It's hybrid so people can um, register to attend on Zoom uh, by going to our website, www.communitylegal.org, um, or uh, folks can attend in person at the Franklin County Courthouse. Um, at 43 Hope Street uh, in the jury selection room. Um, we'll be, I'll be walking people through um, expungement of marijuana convictions, uh, possession convictions, as well as talking about what other um, charges are expungible, uh, and then really going into uh, Corey sealing um, and the different processes um, with that, um, and then talking about how to access legal resources for folks who are looking with uh, specific assistance with any of those issues. You know, the news is so filled with bad stuff. Um, these are, uh, this is a very good story. It's a very important story. I'm uh, really pleased to be with, uh, talking to these four really terrific people. Uh, Luke Ryan's legal prowess and his commitment to his clients can't be overstated. John Staberski's generosity along with his partners um, can't be overstated. And community legal aid, well, Alyssa and Jen, you continue to do the work that uh, needs to be done and keeps me proud of the legal profession. So thank all four of you for sharing this with us. Thursday in the courthouse, go to the community, community legal. Communitylegal.org. 
There you go, and you can find out all about it. Thanks, Buzz. We're going to be back Thanks, with uh, Playbill with Jackie Walsh, and I think we're going to be talking to the director of the Academy of Music. Is that right? That is right. I'm getting a nod right here in the studio. Stay with us. You wired me awake this is me the Afternoon the Buzz with Buzz nails. Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. You tied my lead and pulled my chain to watch my blood begin to boil. But I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break my, gonna break my rusty cage and run. I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break my... The Afternoon Buzz is brought to you by Lundgren, family-run since 1964. Greenfield's largest automotive group is the place to buy your next Honda, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, or Ram. Experience it in Greenfield. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. The Northampton School Committee is beginning their search for a new superintendent. There will be a meeting tonight at 7 p.m. to discuss replacing current superintendent John Provost, who is leaving to take a job at Hamden-Wilbraham Regional School District next month. There was debate on whether to have a private executive session, but members ultimately decided on a virtual session tonight that will be open to the public. The Holyoke Police Department budget could see an increase in the next fiscal year, enough to raise the number of full-time officers from 88 to 92. Mayor Josh Garcia. Very minimal increase in the police budget, largely due to just regular contractual obligations. Garcia says that Holyoke's police budget cannot be compared to Northampton or Greenfield's, two cities which are making cuts to their budgets because the cities are so different. Holyoke is nothing like Northampton and Greenfield. The quality of life issues or demographics, very, very different. So I can never compare our police departments. The challenges we have going on in our city are very, very different. The police department is currently undergoing an audit to find other inefficiencies and make the police department more effective. The Amherst Elementary School Building Committee is recommending Fort River School's 70 Southeast Street campus as the site for the new elementary school. The committee voted 8 to 5 for the site because it's nearly twice as big as the other site they were looking at. The new three-story, 575-student building is set to open in 2026 and will cost an estimated $105 million. Partly in a mostly sunny, light breeze and a high of 82 to 86 this afternoon. Mostly clear tonight. Be on the lookout for the full strawberry moon. An overnight low of 54 to 60. Sun cloud mix tomorrow, 80 to 84. Chance for showers on Thursday, a high in the low 80s. I'm 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist Brian Lapis, 101.5 WHMP. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. So this is Massachusetts way of saying we think it's an important program. We think it's important enough to continue for students and their families, and we're going to put the money up front to make sure it continues so that if the federal government does not renew it, Massachusetts will still have universal school meals. 1015, 1400, and 1240. We are the Valley. We are WHMP. Business West rolls out the red carpet to celebrate these bright young stars with the 40 Under 40 Awards. June 16th at the Log Cabin, 40 Under 40, presenting sponsor is People's Bank. Supporting sponsors, Comcast Business, Live Nation Premium, Mercedes-Benz Springfield, Standout Truck, UMass Amherst Eisenberg School of Management, The Mill District, and YPS of Greater Springfield. Watch the 40 Under 40 Celebration live stream at businesswest.com and find out who's named the Alumni Achievement Honoree presented by Health New England. 
If your Spanish-speaking employees spoke better English, would that be good for business? If your English-speaking employees spoke a little Spanish, would that be good for business? The International Language Institute delivers workplace language training, improving communication among coworkers and with customers. You get financial assistance with the Massachusetts Workplace Training Express Fund. They cover 50 to 100% of the cost. So let's get going. Call or email the International Language Institute in downtown Northampton. Imagine working hard for so many years and reaching your retirement only to find out there's an issue with your pension or 401k. Unfortunately, it's a problem too many Americans face. The New England Pension Assistance Project can help you get the benefits you've earned by providing free legal help. Contact the New England Pension Assistance Project at 888-425-6067 or visit them online at pensionhelp.org slash New England. A public service from the U.S. Administration on Aging's Pension Counseling and Information Program. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And if it's Tuesday afternoon, it must be time for Playbill with Jackie Walsh. Jackie, who do you have on for us today? We have Deborah D'Anthony from the Academy of Music. And before I introduce her, I just want to let you know about some theater going on in the area. So we have Chester Theater's Pride at Prejudice, June 23rd through July 3rd, which is sort of a reimagining of the Jane Austen classic. We have Williamstown Theater Festival is opening with Man of God, which is a comedy, sort of a feminist thriller, and that's all of July. There's also the Berkshire Theater Group has at the Unicorn Theater in Stockbridge a really sweet little, I guess a black box, a small theater, June 23rd through July 9th. It's called Broken Code Bird Switching, and it's about a grieving attorney who takes on a pro, <coughs> sorry, pro bono case representing a black teen accused of murder following that Dracula arrives at the Colonial in Pittsfield, August 11th through 27th. Shakespeare and Company is starting its season off with an Iliad in Lennox through July. After that, they'll have Measure for Measure and him, which is about two men who meet at a funeral. It's supposed to be a soulful new play about what it takes to be a father-son brother. Barrington Stage in Pittsfield, June 16th through July 9th, has Ain't Misbehaving, a Fats Waller musical show. And June 2nd through 25th, Andy Warhol in Iran. And, of course, getting out to the Berkshires might cost you a little more than usual because of the gas if you live out here. But you can also go to a play right in the middle of Northampton. It's K&E Theater Group's Hedwig and the Angry Inch. That's just one weekend. I think it's two weekends from now, June 23rd through 25th. And that is about Hedwig Schmidt, an East German punk goddess whose botched sex change operation left her with just an angry inch. And now she and her band are out to right many wrongs. So that is all the stuff going on in our little area. It's great to yeah. have stuff growing up. But what's going speaking of our little area, the soul of our little area, the Academy of Music, what's going on there? So we're gonna talk to Deborah D'Anthony, the executive director about their that di executive director there. How are you, Deborah? 
I'm well. Thank you for having me on. And boy, aren't we spoiled for choice for oh, activities in this I area. Know. I know. It's just filling my summer calendar. After two years of not having anything, mm-hmm. so we're happy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So the Academy of Music is one of the architectural gems in all of Massachusetts, the East Coast. I mean, it's gorgeous. So maybe you could start just by describing it for people who've maybe never entered it or maybe never even driven past it. It's right in the center of Northampton. It is. It it is on the National Historic Registry of Deeds. Um, It was built in 1891 by a uh, local resident um, who went on to to make a lot of money in the the uh, shipping industry down in New York. Mm. His name was Edward H. R. Lyman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came from a prominent family. His dad was a judge here in Northampton. His grandfather um, fought in the American Revolutionary War and was honored there. Um, the building itself, we originally had uh, 1,000 seats. Um, It now has 816 because in the 1930s they had to um, uh, renovate and put aisles in. I would would guess that would be for fire code regulations. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's had several decorations um, over the years. Uh, We actually um, have the original main curtain from 1891 that was repainted in 19... uh, 13 by a scenic painter, Maurice Tuttle. Wow, so where is that curtain? I don't think I've seen it. it. We bring it down on occasion. Mm-hmm. Um, so the curtain is uh, stored um, upstage. Um, it is um, it is very large. It is 40, 40 feet by, um, I'm just going to guess, about 30 feet high. Mm-hmm. And it's a scenic painting of Paradise Pond. There wow. is a um, brick tower that's um, at, at the at the height of the um, painting that um, was at once um, a mill factory that uh, manufactured um, farmers' hose. So um, it burned down a year. Yeah, it burned down a year after the the painting was completed. Mm-hmm. So. Um, so for those of you who have just joined us, we're talking to Deborah D'Anthony, the executive director of the Academy of Music in Northampton. And so if someone were to walk into the Academy of Music today, mm-hmm. and hopefully the lights are on, what would they see? Um, if they walk into the lobby, they would see a restored uh, lobby that captures the historic integrity of the building. We now have um, very warm gold walls, um, and the uh, we have a dome, a very large uh, oval dome with stenciling um, in the top. Mm. You'd walk through the doors into the auditorium, and you would see 400 seats downstairs, um, and a, the stage in front of you with um, an ornate proscenium. Uh, painted in uh, maroons and golds and lime greens. The, mm-hmm. And just uh, uh, have, tell people in the audience what a proscenium is. The proscenium is the opening to the stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the, it's, it sort of is a frame to the, it, to the stage. Right. We have uh, four opera boxes, two down below and two up, 
and some outer opera boxes that are not used. Uh, we, do, we do plan on using the opera boxes. Um, then we also have a balcony upstairs, which mm-hmm. seats an, another approximately 400. There's a low sh- section and an upper balcony. Which and you cannot be say, afraid of heights if you go up there. I've no. ushered there, and I'm clinging to the seats. Oh, it's a no. little steep and high. Oh, I love it up there. So the, the, the auditorium itself was renovated in 2015, again, to... Um, Sort of, to, sort of to keep in with the integrity of, of the um, of what you might have seen in 1891. So the um, architectural firm that we use, Tom Douglas Architects, they stripped down the paint, the the paint to find out what was underneath and the colors that you see in there now, which are salmon, salmon and um, some reds and greens. Uh, um, are from that time period. Mm-hmm. The the walls are are a salmon color with a uh, brown wainscoting below, and then the ceiling is uh, a green color and it's been um, uh, glazed, so it has some movement to the mm. to the ceiling. It's just gorgeous. So it, it, you it, walk in there and it's just you just feel like you earn a hundred thousand dollars more than you do because it's so ritzy. It's, it's beautiful. En- it's enchanting. And I'm and when you stand on stage it doesn't feel so big because the balcony wraps around and, and the the left and right sides are, are closer to the um the stage so it, it feels like it's hugging you. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a it is a very warm and, and um inviting space. Well we have to go on a break for a minute in a minute, but uh, before we go, maybe you could list a few of the famous people who have performed there. Well, besides the ones from way, way back, uh, like Mae West, Boris Karloff, or um, the Barrymores, we've had just recently Al Franklin, um, Kat and Nat, uh, David Sedaris, Darling Side, Dimitri Martin, Dinosaur Jr., mm-hmm. uh, Patty Griffin, Peter Wolf. Uh, postmodern jukebox, Rick Wakeman, Sweetback wow. Sisters, Valley Light Opera. And I'm going to throw one more in there, Houdini. <laughs> and Houdini, correct. We have a Houdini trapdoor. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. That is so great. We And we're talking to Deborah and Tony, Dan, Tony, and she it is, is... Yes, it's J. Anthony, J. Anthony, Deborah J. Anthony. Oh, that's an interesting. Ellis Island name. It is an Ellis Island name. Yes. Of I'm course saying, it is. Yeah. Whoa. Of course it is. <laughs> and she is the executive director of the Academy of Music, the beloved Academy of Music. We'll be right back to hear more about what's going on at the Academy with Jackie Walsh and Deborah right after this. Happy talk, keep talking. Happy talk. Talk about things you'd like to do. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Question, how remarkable is the Gypsy Jazz Fest in Northampton? Answer, it's remarkable, really remarkable, truly and unbelievably remarkable. Join us for a taste of Northampton's Django in June. That will be Wednesday at 9 o'clock. Get in on the conversation. Bill Newman. Weekdays at 9 and again at 5. WHMP News, Information, and the Arts. 
Lundgren Honda. Experience it. Now, it isn't just one thing. It is everything you expect when you're looking for your next car, your first car, or to repair your car. Award-winning customer service, no-hassle, negotiation-free pricing, and friendly, familiar faces you know and trust with your vehicle. Hi, it's Rob from Lundgren Honda. Summer is heating up, and we want you to be ready for those summer road trips. So we are offering a summer road trip inspection. One of our trained technicians will perform a thorough multi-point inspection of your vehicle, along with an air conditioning and performance test and front-end alignment check. This will ensure that your vehicle is safe, your AC is working to its potential, and the alignment readings are within spec. All this for $49.95. So please call, stop by, or go online to LundgrenHonda.com and make an appointment today. Consumer Satisfaction Award winners two years running. Lundgren Honda proudly provides you with an award-winning experience. See the latest selection of new and certified pre-owned cars at 409 Federal Street and LundgrenHondaOfGreenfield.com. Lundgren Honda of Greenfield. Experience it. First, you're going to install a Goshen stone patio. From there, the stone walkway to the new garden. Next to the garden, the pond, you have it all planned. You were going to do the patio five years ago, the walkway the next year, and the pond, was that this summer? Where do the weekends go? Call Beyond Landscape, the take back your weekend people. Get it all done this summer or plan and budget it out over a few years. The patio, the pond. If you have ideas, make them happen. Call Beyond Landscape. Stop what you're doing. The financial markets are in ruins. You're in debt up to your... And you hate your job. And you keep hoping for a better way. There is. My one-man show, Yield of Dreams. I'll demystify your money myths, transform your life, and entertain you all at the same time. Curious? Join me, Charlie Epstein, June 23rd, 24th, or the 25th at Holyoke Community College for a financially entertaining evening. Get tickets at yieldofdreams.live. Free for all students. And start living a life of wonderment, joy, laughter, and play. What are the things on the menu at Paul and Elizabeth's that were on the menu when Paul and Elizabeth's opened in 1978? There's fish and chips, which is tempura-style fish and chips with an ultralight batter. Those enormous whole wheat rolls, they bake them every day. Paul and Elizabeth's fish chowder, so rich and creamy it's kind of hard to believe it's dairy-free. Order takeout or have lunch or dinner in the airy dining room. Paul and Elizabeth's, always new things on the menu, side by side with things we never seem to tire of, like pie. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Well, it's really with Jackie Walsh. Her playbill is with Deborah J. Anthony, the executive director of our beloved Academy of Music. Jackie. So, Deborah, you mentioned the what I call opera boxes. Um, I'm wondering if they've been used in creative ways at the Academy of Music by the um, in the performances. Most certainly. Um, they've been used for dramatic scenes. Um, Brandy Carlisle, um, she sang Silent Night a cappella from an opera box Aww. a few years back. Um, Young at Heart um, had placed these two life-size puppets in the opera boxes. <laughs> and um, at times when we've had um, large orchestras um, that accompany the you know, opera, they put their kettle drums in there. So they've mm -hmm. been used in a number of ways. Mm -hmm. I know I worked on A Christmas Carol, and I remember the ghost of Christmas Future was in one of those boxes with his very scary hands. There you go. <laughs> so how unique is the absolutely gorgeous Academy of Music building? 
Are there other uh, the, theaters like it in the area? Um, well, in size, um, I would say the the um, and and similar seating. So when you have um, a certain amount of seats, so certain actors or certain uh, tours can come through. Mm-hmm. So that would be like the Mahawi or the Colonial in Keene, the Colonial in Pittsfield. So those um, are similar the, theaters, too, as far as aesthetics go, right? Aesthetics, as far yeah. as aesthetics, right, and facilities. But as far as um, the Academy is unique in that is that it is the first municipally owned theater in the nation. Wow. So there's not going to be another one like it. So it's... <laughs> Because we were first, so, but there so, are others. And then the Shea Theater, actually, um, I actually came from the Shea uh, Theater, and um, it the building is owned by the city, but is run by a private nonprofit, which is similar to our governance structure. Mm-hmm. So we have a private nonprofit, a board of directors and staff that manages the space, but the building itself is owned by the citizens of Northampton. And through the ups and downs of the economies, ha- have we been close to having it turned into a daycare center or a school or just shut down <laughs> over the years? I mean, to me, it's somewhat shocking. It's lasted for 130 years. Yes. So surprisingly, in the very beginning, when uh, after Lyman built the space and he was uh, uh, working on turning it over to the citizens of Northampton. The Lyman family themselves um, had deep pockets, and they kept it going. There was um, actually his son, Frank, loved theater. They, the Lyman family, along with the Lowe's and White, were involved in developing uh, the Brooklyn Institute of Arts and Sciences. So that involves the Brooklyn Academy of Music, the Children's Museum, and the Botanical Gardens. And when... Uh, the Lowe's and Lyman's liquidated their uh, uh, shipping company in um, South Seaport in Manhattan um, after the Second Opium War. They liquidated, and then Lyman used those funds to create the uh, to build the Academy of Music. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he deeded it to the citizens of Northampton, and they kept it afloat. His son Frank started the Northampton Players, which ran for about twenty years. During the 1930s and the Depression, the Academy was leased by a film distributor out of Boston. So there were no economic woes for the Academy because it was it was leased by um, by a businessman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then in the 1940s, it reverted to a um, the governance of a board of directors and a manager, and that was Clifford Boyd. Clifford Boyd was here for 35 years, followed by Dwayne Robinson at the height of film in the 70s and 80s, and he was here for approximately 35 years as well, and then I I came in after that, and I've been here 15. So. Oh, what a rich history. So, we only have a couple minutes left, Deborah. Tell us about what's happening now and what we can expect in the near future for the Academy to offer to us. Okay, in the near future, this June 17th and 18th, we have Django in June, one of the annual favorites, uh, followed by on the 22nd of June, John Hyatt and the Goners, and then Churro Fest NoHo on the 25th of June. Uh, we also have our youth um, uh, work, uh, summer musical theater workshops that start at the end of the month and run through August. Wow. So give us, we have about one minute. Can you tell us one or two things about the Academy that very few people know? 
Um, well, Lyman was um, connected to uh, the art scene down in New York, and when they uh, built the Academy of Music, Thomas Edison came up to inspect the incandescent lights because they were only 10 years old, and Thomas Edison had been the um, lighting designer for the Lyceum Theater in New York. And so the art director from the Lyceum was the art director for the Academy. Wow. And so Thomas Edison approved of our incandescent lights. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, and there were footlights back then, I'm sure. There were footlights. There were, half, there were partial gas lights and incandescent lights. And there was actually a, a fire hydrant on stage left. <laughs> That's great. Better than a bucket brigade on stage left, right? <laughs> so, wow. so those events. So, how do people get in touch with the academy, and how do people get tickets for these events that are coming up? Um, well, they can call four one three five eight four nine zero three two, and our box office is at extension one zero five. Our box office is open Tuesday through Friday from three to six. And they can also buy tickets online at AOM is in music, theater with an R E, that's T H E A T R E dot com. Fabulous. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Deborah J. Anthony from the Academy of Music, the beautiful Academy of Music in Northampton. She's the executive director. Thank you so much for talking to us about this incredible place. Thank you for having me. All right, Jackie, thanks so much. You've done it again. Mm -hmm. That's great. So everybody, our Academy of Music, get some tickets. Meanwhile, enjoy tonight, and um, looking forward to talking with you tomorrow. Have a good evening. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. It be so nice to come home to. AA made all the difference in my life. I noticed that most of the goals I had as a kid were slipping by. I didn't feel like the person I hoped to be. After all those years of drinking, I, I really didn't know myself. When I was out there drinking, I was always looking for the next great party to make me feel all right. With AA, I found a better way of life, and I feel good in my everyday life, even without a drink in my hand. Alcoholics Anonymous, it works. Online and in-person meetings. For more, call 413-532-2111 or visit westernmassaa.org. Looking to take a little breather from the news? We the only live and local talk in the Valley and for the Valley. WHMP Northampton, WHMQ Greenfield, a Northampton radio group station. It's 5 o'clock.